0: Hey, hey. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a great turkey day. Um we uh we spent ours down in Florida, isolating down there. And uh yeah, kind of kind of sad for my mom. It's the I think it's the first time ever that she has not spent Thanksgiving with uh at least one of her kids. And uh so that was that was a bummer. Uh, we had a feast here of Domino's pizza, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, my mom has a, a turkey in the freezer. So once we get a little clearer of things, um, then we're gonna we're gonna do a little a little Thanksgiving dinner with her, uh, hopefully in a in a week or two. And uh, but it's crazy, crazy. So I saw pictures of most of you guys and. Uh, looked like looked like people had had nice thanksgivings and so i i i hope i hope it was good even if it was different than usual uh let 's see announcement wise stuff today is friday uh we 'll be driving back tomorrow and uh should be should be good to go thanks for bearing with me this past sunday <laughs> with my uh zoom uh via the uh via the phone uh, as we were driving through Cincinnati, that was wild and crazy uh, so we appreciated the flexibility guys, you are awesome and uh, yeah I uh, think uh, Doubt on Tap comes back this Tuesday, so that'll be on the Simple Theologian Discord if you're interested in being a part of that, let me know I'll make sure to get you the uh, the link but you should be able to find it uh, on the Doubt on Tap page the Simple Theologian page, It's it's there and pinned so uh, doubt on tap happening uh, I'm also working uh, on Thursday night so I' was doing a virtual book study with a few guys and uh, a friend of mine Aaron and from uh, my old crew days and so that's at 9 uh, nine thirty Thursday nights we're doing amusing ourselves to death and so that might be something that you're interested in uh, and that that's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a good time for about an hour talking about some good stuff. So highly recommend the book and, uh, yeah, get it for cheap on the Amazons. All right. Uh, and we're like doing chapter five this week, I do believe. So, uh, you haven't missed too much and we're not going, you know, we're just going to chapter a week. So we're just kind of rolling through it. All right. And I think that's it gang. Um, as far as announcements go, uh, we will do advent advent wreath, so I did post a uh, a request for volunteers uh it, so if, if any of you guys notice that nobody has signed up for it uh my uh, my posts seem to i don't know if they're getting missed or uh you know uh on the facebook group um oh i need to i'll be posting this in the Fowlerville uh, chat here shortly as well. Um, but if, uh, yeah, if you guys, if you guys, uh, you know, see that and uh, if, if we don't have any volunteers, please, uh, please let me know um, that or sign up, take, take one of the slots. It's only four slots. I want to have some folks uh, reading the uh, Advent passage. And it would be great. It'd be great to get some kids to do it. Uh so, because uh, 'cause we're still gonna light candles, right? Uh just because stupid COVID has uh made it harder for us to gather, we do not have to uh kill off all of our traditions. So um so yeah, so I don't know I don't know if my announcement posts uh you know in the various places are just getting ignored uh or not seen, but uh it would be it would be great to have some have some traction, uh, at least on, on those things, all right? Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's it. Our passage to this week is James four thirteen through 17. Um, and uh, the fallen condition, well, let me read it, right? Uh, now, listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go on to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, "If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that." As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So, uh, fallen condition focus for this passage, I'd say, is that we pridefully believe that we have power over the future. Uh, the Christ redemptive purpose is that God alone has power over the future. And so the message big idea, if the good Lord wills and the creek don't rise, uh, that's, that's the message big idea. That is the attitude that we should have, an attitude of trust and rest, uh, which frees us from worry. All right, so uh, some cautions about this passage are important to state here at the outset. Some have taken this passage to mean that James argues that Christians ought not to plan. Uh, and that's just something that we should be clear to push against in conversations uh, with people about the passage. So if that comes up, uh, we'll want to, you know, kind of want to turn, turn that uh, away uh, because that's, that's, not, that's not what he's talking about. You know, make wise plans is not wrong or sinful. Jesus specifically talks about the necessity uh, for counting the cost of future endeavors. And James is getting at, uh, he's getting at a prideful and arrogant heart here. And uh, so he's specifically talking to people who have the means to travel and to make plans, probably members of the congregation who are part of the growing merchant class. Many Jewish people were moving to the Decapolis, uh, the region of the ten cities, to go find their fortunes. So you have, uh, you have this kind of rising class of people who have potentially lost you know lost their jobs, lost their money, lost their power, lost their status, and they're like, "Well because they were following Jesus and so like well hey let's let's go try a new town new place uh, to find our fortune and uh, you had this so you had this this rise of a merchant class not just within the church but within uh, the first century as you know sea travel became easier and uh, the Roman you know the Roman Empire connected everything with great roads and so uh To be a merchant and to be able to go and sell your wares and uh or sell wares for other people and make money and invest and that kind of thing uh man that was that was new and it was growing and it was a big deal so uh verse thirteen you know now listen, yeah, this is supposed to have the kind of tone you think it does. James is dropping the hammer on these folks. This is definitely like a paternal smackdown, right? He is going at them with the tone of an exasperated parent. He is so frustrated. Uh, You can hear it coming through the text. Uh, We get from verse 17, this is probably not the first time that James has dealt with these folks on these issues, right? I mean, at the end, he says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So he's just... He's like, guys, we've, you know, we've talked about this. This is so frustrating. Um, so he's, he's probably a little bit exaggerated. Um, and uh, so who are, who are these people that he's addressing? Well, like I said, it's people who have the means and ability to do two things. The first is to travel. So they're folks who have the financial means that they can plan with a definite certainty that they will go to this or that city. Uh, this is a relatively new development in the world right? People didn't travel, people didn't go, was not, this was not a normal thing for people to go to a far off city and practice, uh, money making. So this is, this is new for them. Um, and so, uh, you know, so they were, there was people who had, who had some, some financial means, uh, the vast majority of folks uh, in the, you know, in the first century, I mean, they were, you know, they were people who were rooted to their local communities. Uh, so, they were agrarian, uh, local businesses, uh, and and so this was, this was new. Uh, now, the second thing is that they were confident in their ability to make money. So, they had a self-confidence in their ability to accomplish the making of money by going to these various cities. Notice that James... He never condemns the making of money or the going to various towns to do so. James is not critiquing the development of Western capitalism in this passage. Okay, This is not what he's doing. The important thing to note about these people is that they have a sense of self that claims power and authority over their circumstances. So, what does that mean? This this idea here um, is... Is that they were basically saying hey by me simply saying this by me setting my mind to it I can accomplish this I can go do this I can go to that city and I will make money does this sound familiar to anyone the, the, the positivity thinking kind of deal right I mean these folks kind of had that attitude among them and it was this idea that if they could speak it into existence then they can go do it um, but but James saying, guys, you don't have that power. You don't have that power. That is that is pride. Now remember, pride by definition is having a wrong view of ourselves. Thinking too highly of ourselves and thinking too lowly of ourselves. In this case, they are thinking too highly of themselves. They are thinking of themselves having too much power over their their lives. So in verse 14. James takes on the task of reminding these people what reality is. They're indeed not people who have power and authority over their circumstances. What is your life? James asks. It's a mist. It is nothing more than a vapor that is here today and gone tomorrow. This is not to say that our lives are unimportant. James is simply trying to remind them that their lives are small. This passage reminds us of Jesus talking about worry that we don't have the power to add a single minute to the day. We have no real knowledge of the present or the future. James is teaching us about humility in this moment. We must have a right understanding of ourselves. Remember, humility is knowing rightly who we are before God. He's saying, you you're you know, this... This attitude of of self aggrandizement, of self power, of self control, you know, it, it leads us. It leads us to this place of worry. We don't need to because we're nothing. You know, our lives are missed. They're very small in the grand scheme of things. God alone has power. God alone has the authority, right? I mean, this is these are all the images that are coming back as you think about Jesus's teaching that are echoing through James's teaching here in uh, in chapter four. So we moved to 15. So what's the remedy? Well, the remedy for the situation that these folks find themselves in is to have a proper attitude about the future. If it is the Lord's will, if it is the Lord's will, have this attitude among you. If it is the Lord's will, in the simple act, the simple prayer, if it's the Lord's will, it brings us back under the authority of God. It brings us back to a place of submission. It brings us back to a position where, where we are going to submit ourselves to God where we were going to say, you are, the, you are God, not me, you. And I will trust you, I will rest in you, I will come under your authority. The phrase was, was common enough in the first century. You know, the reality is that atheists are relatively non-existent phenomena uh, in the first century, so folks would often say things like, if it be God's will, if it be, or if the gods will it. Now notice uh, the important change that James makes. He changes it from theos, God, to Kyrios, Lord. Important, important distinction. Don't miss it. He is not making some appeal to a generic deity. James is using the word Lord to set the God of the Bible apart and to also remind the people he's writing to about the uniqueness of the God whom they serve. They're not submitting to a God, but to the Lord. So notice, the Lord also provides for agency. We still have the ability to go and do. The Lord does not remove our agency or responsibility, but allows for it in His will. So we are not automatons. We are created in the likeness of God, and as a result, we have agency to act. This is important, right? Anytime we start talking about um, you know, God's power power over and knowledge of and all this stuff, um, a lot of folks are getting squeamish because they think that, that it, it removes... Uh, it removes human agency from from the from the recipe uh, from the equation here and it doesn't what it's saying is no you have a choice you have an active choice to go do act you you have agency but in the midst of that have a proper understanding of yourself have a right view of who you are that you are under the authority of God, that you are under a good, gracious... All right, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where exactly where I was. Uh, Libby called for a uh, <laughs> um, uh, dinner order. Uh, while I was recording. So I lost my recording there. Um, all right. Anyhow, uh, yeah, the, we're not automatons, right? Um, we still have responsibility to go and do. Um, and, uh, and so God, God frees us to this, and He frees us. If we can change our attitude, if we can have an attitude of the Lord wills, then what it does is it frees us from worry. And this is the important, this is the, this is the important part of the heart change is we can be free from worry uh, even and have agency, because we can, we can trust. So that's, that's kind of the important thing I was trying to get at there uh, at the end. So now we get to verse 16. James once again is trying to push us beyond the surface to the heart issue. Um, you know we are reminded that it's not about just mouthing the words if the Lord wills. It's a heart level issue about where we boast. Now we know from earlier in the letter that boasting the Lord is good. And uh, so you see boasting in and of itself is not good or bad. Boasting's quality is determined by the object of the boast. To boast in the Lord is good. To boast in our own plans as though we have power is evil. Now that seems strong, right? Um, But once again, James is pointing out to us the ways in which we seek to usurp God's throne. This is a theme that you see throughout this letter is humanity uh, trying to usurp the throne of God. And so, when we do that, uh, when we are seeking to take God's throne, when we're seeking to take His place of power, that's when it becomes evil. God alone can boast in His schemes because God alone has the power to bring them about. When in our heart we are trusting in our own plans and in our own ability to bring them without God in the mix, then our boasting has indeed become evil. Do you see how that works? If our boasting is in our, is in, the God whom we serve it's okay for boasting in is is in us as though we have power power that we don't have power that we're seeking to take from God uh because you know he he is God um we're, we're trying to take his throne right so what 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 again are we doing we're falling back into the rhythm and the routine of of the Garden of Eden and the fall story and and we see it man we see it in our lives all the time, don't we? Um, so this, this might be a good place to, to surface, uh, some, some areas of, of need, uh, to address in our lives. Uh, verse 17, you know, he is defining for us the sin of omission. His final argument is that uh, the people he's writing to know better. They know better. So if you know, if you know what you're supposed to do, if you know the right thing, and yet you just choose not to do it, that is just as sinful as acting in some sort of active disobedience, right? Um, too many times we think of sin only as something that we do bad, right? When we do the wrong thing, we knowingly do the wrong thing. Sin or, or sin sickness also plays out when we knowingly don't do the right thing. And the, and that's that's part of James's great frustration here. Is that these folks know better. They know the right way to live. They know the right thing, but they choose not to do it. And so he is he's kind of had it up to here, right? Um so you know guys the the question that I think is before us is where are our hearts? What are we trusting in? Um, Are we trusting in ourselves or are we trusting in God? And I think the way that we can see this is what's our worry level? Where's your worry level at? Where's your anxiety level? If you have this high level of worry, this high level of anxiety about life, you know, just even life in general. Then what it means is it means that you're you're really trusting in your own plans. You're trusting uh in yourself. If we can get to the place where our heart really means the Lord if the Lord wills. It frees us from worry. It frees us from stress. Not in some sort of like oh if bad things happen, I can just say god, it's it's on, that, that's that's not what's going on here. Right? um it gets to the jesus thing about you know even the lily of the field has clothes that that are beautiful you know the the sparrow has food they don't worry about it guys we don't have to worry we don't have to live in a state of worry why because we serve a good sovereign loving god we can rest in that and that is what james is trying to get across here um all right, so there are discussion questions uh that I took from nav press uh those these extended uh study questions um I've been taking from uh 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 life change nav press bible study uh they're pretty good stuff uh so uh that's where those extended questions are coming from they have been added to the to the notes and uh yeah so that's that's it um guys if there's anything else that needs to be a part of this conversation uh, that needs to be in these podcasts, please let me know and I will be sure to add it. Uh, I want this to be a value add to you and not just a time suck, all right? Um, Y'all, I appreciate you. I love you. I am thankful for you. You guys uh, make my life so much better and uh, I am honored, honored to serve alongside of you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you and chatting with you on sunday i love you guys and until until i see you uh, until i talk with you soon love well